Welcome to Three Things Podcast, a podcast about journeys and the things we hold in our hands. For us, it's a good book, a favorite drink. Christine and I will be having conversations with friends, both old and new, asking them to share their faith journeys, and of course, what do they hold in their hands? So join us on this journey where we hope you will find some inspiration. If you like what you hear, please let us know and be sure to share this podcast with a friend. Because ultimately, we are all on a journey, and sometimes the best thing we can hold in our hand is the hand of a friend. Hello, everyone. This is Jason. Hi, this is Christina, and welcome to Three Things Podcast. Right on. So, Christina, you and I have got some new podcast goals we talked about. Yes, we we do. We've realized that we um, interrupt each other, which is shameful. We have realized that we also, uh, we, we repeat one another with synonyms. We are, we have a, we're like walking thesaurus. Yes. Right. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. So we're going to try not to do that. Right, Jay? So, right. Right. So maybe this should be a drinking game. Like if whenever we interrupt, uh, you need to take a shot. Uh, whenever uh, we repeat or use synonyms or say something the the same way the other person said it but with different words mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that also mm-hmm. is a drink i almost tried to interrupt you there i know and and tell you that it, see it was so important and i've forgotten already what it was right but oh i know i i i repeat you because i'm validating right. the importance of what you've said it's well, a good yeah. communication technique yeah i really. agree i agree but also it can be a tad annoying. So anyway, <laughs> that's the new drinking game. Hey, we have an exciting guest on the show today. Uh, his name is Jeff Landers. And Jeff, you have experience talking into microphones, don't you? I do. I do. Uh, thank you for that kind introduction. <laughs> yes. uh, again, my name is Jeff Landers. And um, uh, speaking into microphones, I was the sports director at Local News 8 here in Idaho Falls for seven years. Uh, that's the ABC affiliate and doing all sorts of sports and sports coverage and just everyday sports, 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 sports. So, uh, but is this thing on? Mic check one, two. You got me? You yeah. got me, Jason? <laughs> we got so, it. Yeah, yeah, it's working now. I, we, we didn't get one before before yeah. you hit record. So I just, this is our second one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, things that we're trying to learn here, right? Yes. But um, just I had to do the mic check because anytime... A microphone is near you have to be careful that it's hot right just you learn that in the tv industry like if i'm if i got a mic on my lapel i'm not saying boo <laughs> right right but to do mic checks the best one i ever heard uh, was i was an intern at news channel 34 in binghamton new york where i, I grew up in central new york state and the old time anchor there I wish I could remember his name, Steve something. <laughs> now, uh, the best mic check I ever heard. They they asked for him, and he just he just drops around the rock. The rugged rascal ran. That is one of the best tongue twisters I've ever heard. And around the rock, the rascal. No, the rugged rascal. Around well, the rock, the him. rugged rascal yeah. ran. Drink. Drink. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna suck at this game. <laughs> so around the rock, the rugged rascal ran, and that stuck with me through college. Through uh, living in Alpena, Michigan, working up there for 18 months, and then here. And almost all the time, my mic check was around the rock, the rugged rascal ran. And I did it so often that when my daughter was born in 2015, I actually ended up creating a song to that 
to carry her around the crib at three o'clock in the morning so that she would fall back asleep. And it goes like this. Around the rock, the rugged rascal ran. He ran. Around the rock, the rugged rascal ran. He ran. He ran and ran until he could run no more. He ran some more. Ran and ran and... And it repeats itself forever. Forever. <laughs> and it repeats itself so much I had it stuck in my head for two years. <laughs> <laughs> so on my uh, commute to work tomorrow, Jeff, if I start, because I don't like listen to the radio, I kind of make it my little quiet time. If I start singing humming. around the uh, humming or singing that song, I'm texting you, bro. I'm pulling over. I'm texting you. I'm saying you just yep. embedded that in my brain. Yep. Well, thank you for at least pulling over. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Please don't. But, but text first of all, that's commute. that's a great story for your daughter, though. Isn't that a fantastic? Story? Yeah, and actually, I figured out that in this period of her being five, that. It's come back a few times, and she like looks at me funny, and she's like quietly still like, "What are you doing?" Like it's it's almost a familiarity that she can't pick up on, but she doesn't know it because she's five, and I and I and I've done it a few times, and it just it's just enough to give me that pause in her, whether it's a temper tantrum or whatever you know. She is a talker. She will talk, 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 right, talk, talk, right, talk. Right. You're, you're trying to watch The Chosen, and it's an important <laughs> scene, and she's talking through. She's, she's trying to name all the disciples. Mom, is that Matthew? Hey, look, there's Jesus. What's Mary Magdalene doing, Mom? And it just goes on. And for somebody who is deaf and repeats my wife just to confirm what she's saying, I repeat my wife all the time. I'm like, what? Did you just say What? <laughs> Now you wait a minute. You are deaf, or you? You just no. I just say that I'm deaf because. (laughs) Oh, you're playing that husband game. No, 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 no. You need clear communication. Yes, I get it. It Makes perfect sense. So you're (laughs) yeah. So it has worked. The around the rock, the rugged rascal ran. Here at five years old, I don't know how much longer I have with it. But you know that reminds me. uh, I don't. The other thing I probably should do is not always tell a story every time a guest tells a story. Yeah. But this is one of my favorite stories with my daughter. We would drive. I'd take her to daycare in the morning. And we would be at a stoplight. And she'd be sitting in her car seat. And I'd go, Gabby, uh, your dad's running late. Dad's running late. You need to make that light turn green. you got to make that t- light turn green. So I said, you know, hold out your hand and just make that light turn green and you know it was the one thing i knew it would, i mean that light would turn green and boy when it did i'd be like yes gabby way to go you got a superpower you know yep. you she can actually make, thought she had a superpower you, had, you can make red lights turn green girl yeah and, well, uh, ours ours is um is now giving out superpowers oh good because she has seen frozen 2 several times and, um <laughs> If you haven't seen Frozen 2, it is basically the Fifth Element Disney princess version. Oh, really? So if you've seen Bruce Willis's Fifth Fifth Element, it's basically what it is. And my daughter, God bless her, has given me the wind power. Oh, right on. Good for you. (laughs) Well, it just means that I have special... Wind abilities. Wind abilities. (laughs) I I play the toot a lot. (laughs) You know... So God bless that girl. We're, we're, talking, we're still in the introduction part because we haven't even asked Jeff what he's drinking yet. But Jeff, just real quick. <laughs> uh, so you're marrying. You've got yes. a daughter. Yes. Um, you're no longer working on TV. Nope. You're working at what? So, uh, yes. Married. My wife's name is Kirsten. Married in 2013. The final day of the year, 2013, New Year's Eve. Uh, daughter, Inga. Yeah. 
five years old. Excuse me. I don't know if you heard that in the mic, but uh, I am drinking here. We'll get that in a second. The toot uh, power. That is the toot power right there. Um, so, yeah, I'm no longer on TV, and it's been three years, and it's been three years of growth. Because when I was at the TV station, I had done everything several times right. over. Yeah. Because you start with football season. Right. And then you go to straight into basketball. Kind of, kind of slowly get into baseball if the snow allows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it's summer, and you're just looking forward to football season. Right. During the summer. Right. So had done everything I could over and over and over and over again. So I got out and started working with my wife and her family. They own Divinia Water here in town. It's a bottled water brand. It is uh, fourth phase. It is uh, deuterium reduced. And it's bottled in glass. Yeah. So um, be much better for the environment, mm -hmm. uh, much mm -hmm. better for you. Um, yeah. And so it has been, you know, I didn't know what a skew was, you know, when I, <laughs> oh. when I started. A skew is, you know, the barcode. Right. That's, that's all it is. I, I looked at my wife like she had a mask on, like a skew? What? Excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, you know, and what don't I do in the warehouse nowadays? You know, some, some people would say, wait a minute. You left a life of minimal notoriety right. on television, and now you're working in the warehouse. But yeah. there's there's a mission to it, mm -hmm. you know. The the clean water for people, uh, and especially because cancer patients or people who are going through chemo really like our water because it is so clean. Because they have to be careful of what they're putting into their bodies right. when they're under chemo. Because right. any little thing could right. you know really attack their immune system sure. I hadn't right. thought of that right before. and so well hi honey oh yeah the dog just made her visit she makes an annual or a each episode she shows up and right. she's over here getting some attention from jeff oh that is perfectly so a-okay you left the radio station to to move into the family business and yep. it had just started around that time or had it been so they have they my father-in-law I don't want, invented the technology in 2003, 2004, and then they finally were able to incorporate in 2015. Right. So just after my daughter was born, um, my wife officially went to work for her parents Halloween 2015. Oh, okay. So it's been just about six years now, and it for me it's been three years, and it's it's an adventure. Business ownership life is a roller coaster of emotions. It is right. Um, but in three years there's been more growth personally for me um learning and doing a bunch of different things and having to work with family sure and um raising a daughter i mean we had a daughter uh we were potty training her at the same time we're potty training a business it's, <laughs> so we basically had two kids you know right. with one right one pop there right on yep so um real quick just so get a kind of perspective our, our audience gets a little idea uh, your faith background and don't we don't need the big detail yet just so where where do you come from on your faith where do I come from on my faith well I'm a cradle Catholic yeah. you know uh, born and baptized in central New York State and um, didn't really know anything else until and honestly if you charted the journeys of most cradle Catholics I probably followed the same up and down path right um, so you you get confirmed um right. well we can start you know we went to um 
to a religious education. You know, Thursdays mm-hmm. right. we were let out of school to go to our respective churches. Uh, you were we let did, out of school? Yes. Like you had like a, a free hour? Or? Well, yeah, and it, it ended up being like two hours almost because it was once a week you know in our elementary school in new york it's rolling hills right our elementary school was on the opposite hill from where our church was so we basically got out of school we weren't going to go back no but um i think it was thursdays all the way from like first grade all the way up through sixth grade in elementary school um we did uh we did first communion before we actually did um the sacrament of reconciliation okay. in my parish and i guess that was something the bishop of syracuse had going on at the time but again that was mid 1990s mm-hmm. so uh feels like quite a while ago yeah. now that i say that right. <laughs> more than a minute ago yeah right on but hey so we're gonna jump back into that discussion but you know what we need to know first of all jeff what are you drinking i am drinking a beer right here out of a nice frosted mug thank you for yeah. the mug jason <laughs> yeah, yeah. um it is called voodoo ranger voodoo ranger it is an ipa by new belgium brewing and I actually, you know, I drove with it over here, the beer in the bottle. The bottle was capped. <laughs> and I actually I actually got in the car and set it down in my center console like it was just a normal Coke or, you know, fountain soda from McDonald's. And then a cop pulled up alongside of me, and I was just like, I just kind of, you know, <laughs> used my arm to shield the window as casually as I could just because you don't want to open that door. Yeah. For anything, <laughs> even though the bottle has a cap on it, right. yeah. it still opens up cause oh, and probabilities sure. and <laughs> all of that fun stuff. So, yeah. d- had not drank anything on my way over. Just one beer. We're recording on a Monday. Yeah. I went very heavy yesterday during the Euro Cup final, which go. Italy beat England. So, I don't think I need to drink all that much, but this is a, a Voodoo Ranger uh, New Belgium IPA. If I weren't drinking this, it would almost likely be a whiskey sour. Oh, <gasps> I found another whiskey sour. Yeah, fan. Jason I'm loves that. a big whiskey sour. Fan. So, what's your go-to whiskey for it? Okay, I gotta be on. Well, we've had this discussion on the show before. So, when I make a whiskey sour, I gotta be candid. I'm not too picky on okay on the whiskey as long as it does its job, right? Right. <laughs> but if you're just going flat out whiskey, I I'd say what it is. I I'm a Bushmills fan. I just and okay. I know what is that a middle of the middle or yeah you're, you're, something like that. But I I just like Bushmills. Bushmills. If you and got Jameson. five shelves and number five is at the top, that's probably two point five. Yeah, and you know? and Jameson right in there probably. Or those are my go tos. I don't really go much higher shelf than that, just because I don't know. But I know you're kind of a whiskey connoisseur, are you not? Uh, well, more my brother-in-law okay. can tell you everything about whiskey and airplanes and cigars. <laughs> uh, I just drink it, but I do. I do have. I do have a favorite go-to Sunday whiskey for the NFL season, and that is Buffalo Trace. It is a Kentucky oh. bourbon, and that, of course, if you're looking at my hat, would explain why. Oh. Of course, that's right because it's right, buff- it's yep. the Bills. The it's Buffalo the Bills. Bills are my uh, my favorite team. Right. Um, you know, just about anything to do with Buffalo. My wife, for uh, my birthday last year, ended up getting me a, a set of coasters with the um, the city emblem for the for the um, I forget the official name of what I'm thinking of. There's oh, a like word the for seal, like the a seal. seal. Thank you. The, the seal, seal of the city of Buffalo on these round coasters. And that was pretty cool. Right um, 
Father's Day, my my daughter got me a bison car sticker. Oh, right on! And it's just a standing bison, and you know right. we're we're near Yellowstone. I already have mm-hmm. a Bill's logo mm-hmm. uh, on the back of my car, so it'll go perfect with right. the the Buffalo Bills logo on the left and the Jackson Hole sticker on the right. Just you know, right on. fits right in. So take a look right over Christina's right hand shoulder. I noticed that when I came <laughs> in because I what. I first noticed about it was there's no face mask on that helmet. Yes. And so I was like, at first I was like, is that a leather helmet? And then I saw the gloss because I figured if you were to play football, it would be during the leather helmet era. Oh, that was good job. Yeah, no, that uh, we talked about this on the last last podcast. Well, just that our mascot was the buffalo bison. Right. We were the most unoriginal mascot. Redundant. Redundant. So did you both go to Boulder? Buffalo. No, Buffalo, Wyoming. No, that's Buffalo, Wyoming. That's not even a CU. That's a Buffalo High School. Buffalo High School. Or we borrowed that logo in the Bills. From the Buffs. No, the Bills. The Bills actually came out with that bison logo in around late 80s. And when they came out with that new design, we we did it to our color and stuck it on our helmets. Okay. So that you know, at least that's what I remember back in the day. Okay. From the um, Buffalo Bills. Well, Buffalo High School, Wyoming. How far is that from Laramie? Oh, it's. So it, we're in the northeast part of the state, and Laramie's uh, southeast, south central. Okay. So it's about a five six hour drive. Okay, well, because Josh Allen, the quarterback right. of the Bills, went right. to Wyoming. He's a so, Wyoming boy. And we can see Wyoming from our houses, basically, yeah. here. Well, so. <laughs> that's, that's I thought true. that was the Alaska That's true. Yeah. That's true. No, that's what I tell people back in, in New York, is especially because I do some podcasting for uh, Bills pregames and stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, I fill in co-host on YouTube for some. Oh, right on. It, just to stay close to to doing this type of stuff mm-hmm. and doing doing it finally on the Bills, my favorite topic. I, I joke, like, I can see Wyoming from my house. Right. Yeah. And of course it is, yes, a reference to Sarah Palin's. I can sure. see yeah. Alaska from <laughs> my house. Funny. Right, but Josh Allen was in Wyoming, so well, we stick with that. I will I tell you that a couple years ago we went to the farmer's market and there was a gentleman selling uh, stickers and they were the Tetons, right? Okay. And I don't know why I was being bratty that day. Uh, I, don't know. I was just being a brat. And I came up to <laughs> just him. Just that day, Jason? No, only, I've never seen it before. Oh. I've never seen this brattiness before. I've never since. So it was but a I get really, total my, uh, aberration. I just get picky about Wyoming sometimes. Anyway, he's selling them and talking about Idaho. And I go, Tetons aren't Idaho's. And he looks at me and I go, you don't get to say the Tetons are Idaho's mountains. They're Wyoming's <laughs> mountains. You're selling them on this side of, of the mountains and calling them your own. You shouldn't do that. And he goes, well, if you look, it's the reverse of what you see the other side. And I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I was really mean. And then I left thinking, I don't well, know why I was so mean to him. And, and here's the thing. When you're going up Ski Hill Road in Driggs, there is no, there's no marker for the state line. You, you've crossed into Wyoming, and before you know it, you're actually in Alta. Alta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you, you don't really... It oh. says Alta, Wyoming. And yes. Like, when yeah, did that happen? Yeah, a big welcome to Wyoming right. sign. So, real quick though, Christina, what oh, are you drinking? what am I drinking? I am having a white wine spritzer again. Okay. But today my white wine is a Sauvignon Blanc that's from South Africa. Right on. And it is a, called a David Frost, and it's a guy who's playing golf. So I'm guessing David Frost is a South African golfer. But I could be wrong. I can neither confirm nor deny. Yeah. I've never heard that name, so no. 
Neither anyway, I. It's okay. I just finished my uh, Spencer margarita again. Again, this is the choice of my summer. So thank you, Spencer, for hooking me on to this margarita. Um, and my liver is really, really thanking you as well. <laughs> Jeff, we, we hit about 97 topics. So I, I want before we go much farther, I, I, I want to say one thing, though. Um, we didn't it, say cheers. Oh, oh. I, I interrupted you. So cheers. Cheers. <laughs> and if you're BJ listening, it's Prost. <laughs> Prost. Oh, Prost. That's or if rich. you're a Viking, it's Skull. Skull, yes. But we don't we don't really say a lot of that in the NFL world. Just oh. Because of Minnesota. But Minnesota. I was thinking of Ragnar Ragnarsson. Ragnar. See, and, I, and I've only gotten ever about three episodes into Vikings before I get distracted and then something else is going on. And wow. we, well, don't, we don't binge a lot unless my wife is watching it and then i just kind of tag along because i'm i'm in the live stuff the sports sure and the entertainment Mm -hmm. and then she is she will find something on netflix if it's if it's not the bachelor or the bachelorette i'll probably watch or hallmark i i I don't know what it is it must be something about the frequency of hallmark that i'm just like okay you can have your peaceful time (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna go oh you don't do hallmark i i I struggle with hallmark because jeff you're missing out well, let me just—I'm just going to say this. This is my, uh, you know, my guess. You can take away my man card, but uh, you Hallmark, still have it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dig number two. <laughs> I like this. Uh, I, during Christmas, man, I—I I will. Okay. I will binge Hallmark Christmas shows like crazy. I don't know See, what it is. It is really silly. I don't know if it's because it's cold outside and I got nothing else and better to do. Well, it, okay. I don't know if it's because I'm half drunk when we do it, if I'm drinking my little special cider, food, rum, cider, cider. rum cider I, drinks. I, I can understand Christmas because I grew up in the snow belt of New York. Right, right, Where right, it right. snows. Like, it's almost opposite of here. In New York, it snows a ton, but will never drop below the teens or the... Sure. It'll never get below zero, mm. almost. It's a rarity, I think. Mm-hmm. Here, it doesn't snow nearly as much, but it'll be 17 below, yes. no for problem. Weeks, for weeks. And yeah. I just, having grown up in the winter wonderland, I miss those Northeast Falls and Christmases. Yeah. I can understand the Christmas hallmark. But my wife and I, we have a game that is basically say a generic line and we can get through a Hallmark movie in six lines. Like, mm-hmm. oh, she's a fun city executive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's a rough and tumble countryman. Yes. Right. And or she's th- a designer. Yeah, And something. he's a farmer. Yep. And she has to go back to her childhood home to, to, help, uh, to help her aunt who just had Sell you know, jelly at sell. the local store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, the, the formula yeah. must work because they don't run know, out of Christmas. I know, I make They one. don't run out. So. They they really don't no, but uh, so Jeff, do you do you 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 pod you listen to podcasts? You oh, love live sporting events. Yes. Do you like to read? Okay, so like to read versus having to read is different things. Yes. I there there have been two times in my life where I've really enjoyed reading, and that was uh, both times I had moved away. So the first time I moved to Northern Michigan, so six months after college graduated uh moved to northern michigan alpena didn't have anything didn't have cable barely had the internet was just getting hooked up right had my air mattress for you know a few weeks and i actually was reading books to pass the time and okay i get a few through a few of them 18 months later move out here to idaho falls same thing 
And this time I didn't have anything longer because it was all on a truck in the middle of the country longer than it should have been. So again, air mattress, books. Books. That was the one time I really enjoyed reading. But I am reading and because I, I and I've been reading it for almost two years now. <laughs> Sorry to tell the English teacher, but that's okay. Um, You're reading. The you first, are sticking with it. I, I, I'm trying to. The first one is uh, Tim Tebow's book. This is the day. Okay. Tim Tebow is a, yeah. a, a fellow Christian NFL quarterback. Um, and it's just a inspiring, you know, hey, stick with it type of book. Is it a biography um, site? Or is yeah, it more it's of a little a bit. He tells a little bit about okay. the, it's both. So he tells a little bit about his uh, decision to switch from football to baseball and his advisors basically telling him, are you crazy? And then it's, um, you know, he grew up in the Philippines um, oh, that's right. I didn't know. And I don't know if it was war torn. I forget what it was. That was His early parents on. were missionaries. Missionaries, right. yes. And so he speaks about going into hurricane ravaged uh, Florida, um, maybe New Orleans, but in just greeting people and seeing the joy on people's faces who are there to volunteer. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's always a reminder of no matter the struggles you're going through, there's probably somebody out there who's going through a lot harder of a time than you are and right. that's that it's 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 a very light-hearted book but i get a lot of light out of it yeah right um, very cool and then the second one i'm reading and i've been reading this a lot lately is the national federation of high schools football rules book <laughs> <laughs> is there a purpose to this there is a purpose okay. you have a good follow-up question yeah. so Yes, the answer is yes. Because I can't imagine that's fun reading unless there's a purpose behind it. Now, I've also done the National Federation of High Schools basketball rules book. And let me tell you, if this is what law school is like, there is no way I would have ever made it through law school. <laughs> and this, this rule book is about as thick as my index finger. And that's it. Oh. Really? Yeah. For basketball or football? Both of them. Oh. So, in other words, there's a lot of room for interpretation or just the word um, help me understand so, so that the, help me understand the, the thickness of the book is quite deceiving because there's a lot of little words oh, okay. you know, okay. it's a small <laughs> print <laughs> in there but yes there is a purpose i'm going to referee football this fall for the high schools for the first time all right um, i've done basketball two years took a year off because of covid so i'll be entering my third year doing basketball this winter um just looking forward to it but you know, like I said, I was covering sports all the time. I miss my Friday nights. When I was at Local News 8, uh, the Friday night shows were the best because it was just football, 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 mm-hmm. and then basketball, basketball, basketball. Umpiring, refereeing gets me on the field again, gets me right. on the court again. Um, you know, high school basketball was my happy place when I was in high school. Right. You know, I lo- lived and loved high school basketball so to get back out there never actually got to play football in high school never did because i went to a high school about the size of firth oh, okay and in new york that's tiny so i yeah. had 75 kids in my graduating class we did not have high school football oh i got you so but football is one of my favorite sports right. die hard bills fan you know getting back into and around the game uh will do a lot of good especially after the covid um, all of the stuff that happened with COVID last sure. year. Right. Um, I'm very much looking forward to it. So that's right. that's what I'm reading. Well, this is exciting. So 
there's a process to this, um, uh, your football, right? Because you come in at certain levels and then... Um, um, do you, hold on, do we need to... Do you want to fix that mic a little bit? Um, you know, there's a system, right, uh, for high school football. Do you, do you get in with a crew and you work with just a crew or do you, you, you fill in where it is? So I had a meeting with the commissioner Friday night. Um, his name's Dan Andreessen. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you, you either of you know him. Andreessen. Uh, yeah, they're they're a family here. His wife actually worked at the TV station, um, doing sales and such. Uh, he does big sky football at the collegiate level. At the big, uh, mm-hmm. and he's like, most likely you'll get drafted by a crew chief, who's usually the umpire or the referee. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, and then most of your games will work with you'll work with that crew unless there's you know moving parts that need to happen Um, but basketball is completely different basketball is you get assigned a game almost with one or two other people new each game night oh i see so you don't have a crew you're working you know as many games as they can put you on before you have to draw that line and say oh i gotta i gotta work you know this is my boundary sure (laughs) because like during summer during summer basketball he he would send out emails and say hey who can work this and i say i could work two games knowing that he was going to come back at me with hey can you do four Mm -hmm. yes i can do four that was my original number i just told you two so that (laughs) right you didn't come back and say six yeah exactly so do you just do high school basketball or are you on to the collegiate level yet no not on the collegiate level yet you pretty much have to get recruited by the the conferences to do that and at the collegiate level here in the western united states it's the western consortium so in football almost all the conferences have their own football officials Mm -hmm. in basketball the western united states has one group so you could be working the pac 12 or the big sky or the mountain west if you get into that group and you're good enough mm-hmm. to do all those high-level games, which would be fun, my I think my my dream is would be to referee a Final Four oh, game. Yes. That would right? be amazing, right. you know. Right. Especially if you know, down the road, St. Bonaventure was able to yeah. to squeeze in, and here I am doing a Final Four game. You know, <laughs> nothing be- to see here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> did you play basketball in college? I did not. So interestingly enough, I played basketball all the way through high school. Mm-hmm. But I was a little kid when the movie The Mighty Ducks came out. So I always had a little spot in my heart for ice hockey. My dad is an ice hockey fan. Can probably tell you everything there is to know about the original six teams. Um, So when I went to college, I overheard one of the um, orientation counselors talking about the club ice hockey team. Sign me up. I'll play. They needed players. That's what he was talking to my dad about. It was like they needed players. Hey, I'm, I'll play. I'm six foot four and slightly athletic. Yeah. Well, that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was your first time on ice then? Yes. Playing. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Playing against 20, 22-year-olds who have played their whole lives. Right. And I'm basically just learning how to skate and handle a puck at the time. But great two years doing that. And don't well, regret it. credit for that. That's hard. It's it hard is hard. Step it's into something light especially with hockey because it's very clear who is who has been skating forever and who is new on the ice yes absolutely and great sport love the sport um now i'm old and fat and i don't think i could could get back into it well you know the the men's league here plays like at 10 30 at night yeah and that was and that was the thing that kept me away from ice hockey. i played so much in northern michigan where it's ice hockey is you know king over football 
when I got here, I couldn't play because the men's league was when I was working. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why I fell out of it. So I, I kind of want to jump back here. Just, you know, Jeff, you've, I, I've known you almost since you moved here. Yes. Um, in fact, we kind of worked together. We volunteered once at the youth group. <laughs> uh, he's got a great story about our son. We might, we might have him share it later today but, or on the podcast. But um, we worked out. We worked together with the youth group, those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized as I was thinking about this podcast today, there's so many things I really don't know kind of ab- about. So you came to Idaho Falls for the local Channel 8 job. Yes. And, and you and Kirsten were married a right year, before, two right? years, right? No, no. So I moved here in March of 2011, and I met her in August of 2011 mm. uh, at the Shiloh. When it was oh, still, she was here. When it was still the place to hang out on a Friday, weekend, Saturday night, you know, right, when, right, right. when they were still, you know, trying to do a dance club, and yeah. um, people actually went there. Yeah. <laughs> we remember. We remember. Yes. We went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before, actually, the night I met my wife, I got a ride home from the cops. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't leave it there. Yeah. You Are you sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So my friends who worked at the TV station ditched me. They wanted to go to Walmart to get beer before beer sales ended at midnight. Sure. They never came back to get me. Oh. oh. And in the meantime, there was a huge brawl between gangs outside. The Shiloh. The Shiloh. And so me, being the TV person, whipped out my very poor, not iPhone technology yeah. <laughs> and started recording, um, you know, in like little, it wasn't even, it couldn't have been four by three right. at this yeah. point. Right, right, right. A little and flip so, phone probably, damn near. Uh, or yeah, close. or a slide phone, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And I got video of it. And so I went back inside, you know, that was when I met my wife. You know, yeah. no. basically right at the end of the night, got her number, you know, hung out a little bit more, went back, was sitting in a cab and the cab, the cabbie was like, well, I'm actually here to pick up another person. If you don't mind riding with this person, I'll take you home after that person, whatever it was. But yeah, whatever. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't going to drive. Right. So then I see the cops while I'm waiting, standing outside the door, and like there's three or four of them in a circle talking about what had happened. Hey, I've got this video. Officer, hey, officer, <laughs> do you want this video I got? And so apparently they actually were able to use that video to convict a few of the guys right for on. the brawl. Oh, wow. That's good. But I didn't have a way to get it off that old type of cell phone on me like i couldn't just email it to him right right at or that time it. yeah That's exactly right. yeah, Could, you couldn't mm-hmm. so i i had an adapter at home <laughs> <laughs> by the way where's kirsten during all this oh, she, she left with her friends she's she had gone. left so with her friends you secured her phone number now you were yep. now you were with the yep. police. and so i got a ride home from the police officer to go get the adapter so I could give him the video. He was gonna. He was originally gonna take me back down to the precinct to get it onto a computer. He's like, "Never mind. I have my laptop with me. We can just put it on the laptop." In, meantime, my dad had flown in from New York and was asleep on an air mattress in my apartment because he didn't want to go out with us because he was exhausted from traveling. <laughs> So you come barging in. With hey, Dad, I got, I got a cop here. Hang he didn't on. even he goes, hear me. No, he, he was out. Right on. So, 
So then you and you and Kirsten get married, and um, just like that, yep. just like that, we met, and then <laughs> no, well, we actually texted right. a few times texted before. Times, but you knew <laughs> right away. You knew yeah. right away. Did you know right away? That, no, okay. no. I actually, so we started dating. It was actually her birthday the night I met her, in thirteen and eleven. Dated uh, until Christmas of two thousand twelve. Proposed on Christmas Day two thousand twelve. Married New Year's Eve. 2013 going into 2014 okay. so we were actually together for a long time before father raul married us at holy rosary right on did you marry her for on uh new year's eve for the tax break so you could <laughs> that's claim. What, that's what my father-in-law suggested <laughs> <laughs> it's like, i'm just you, wondering you, you know you guys can report that you were married <laughs> yeah the whole year for right. you know about six hours so we got married in the evening it was it was an right. evening wedding six o'clock and then um you know, a nice little party after that, and right on. So you grew you grew up Catholic. Yes. You went to a public school, but uh, Catholic. You know, they let you out to go to confirmation or whatever. Yep. What it was. Did you go to Catholic college? Saint Bonaventure University in Saint Bonaventure, New York. Woohoo! So a lot of people will say it's in Olean, and a lot of other people will say it's in Allegheny. But it's actually it's its own zip code one four seven seven eight, okay. and that's how you ex- uh, distinguish that it is its own town. It's not in either of the towns, it's its own. Um, simply because there is a post office about the size of this living room, <laughs> uh, in, in on campus, and so it has its own zip code, which means the university president is there, therefore technically the mayor of Saint Bonaventure. Oh, New that's York. cool. That's cool. Um, but yeah, so it's Franciscan. Um, and if you've never come across the Franciscans, you might think that it's cultish with the brown robes sure, and, and, the, and, and the, the white robes. And the Birkenstocks. Yes. Well, some Well, yeah. you know, yeah. in June and July. Right, right, right. Well, in in New York more, in the winter, you yeah. were some a little more substantial. Yeah. Yeah. So has your has Catholic your Catholic faith always been really important to you? We kind of touched on it earlier. You said you kind of did the ups and downs and the all arounds that are kind of uh, uh, common as you said with uh, with Catholic uh, cradle Catholics yeah definitely did the um, did the uh, Eucharist the I'm thinking why am I forgetting the word now well, there's confirmation, Con- reconciliation, first, first communion. First, Thank you. Holy first communion. communion. Yeah. We did first communion prior to sacrament of reconciliation, so that was like second grade and then third grade. Right. Um, did that was a um, was a an altar server, basically through my sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. Started confirmation classes sophomore year, got confirmed junior year, um, maybe going into my junior year. I can't remember nowadays. Yeah. Um, and then went to a Catholic college and maybe went to, between my graduation of high school and graduation of college, I may have gone to mass a total of five times. Hmm, so um, even even at a Catholic college yeah. with only 2,000 students, it was, um, you know, they actually had the Bishop of Buffalo come down sure. one time and that was one of the one times. Sure. A few times, Christmas time going home. Um, so it was... But being at a Catholic school that had an emphasis on its uh, Clare College after St. Clare of uh, of Assisi, being Franciscan, um, you still got it. You still got the religion side of it. You got, um, but it just, I just never put any effort into it. Mm -hmm. And so when you don't put effort into something, 
you're not going to get results out of it. Well, you might not appreciate it as much, too. No, not at that age. And so I definitely, you definitely would say I fell away. I fell away from the church. Oh. Um, went home after graduation because it was 2009. You know, the financial crisis is still lingering. Not a great time to get into broadcast as everything's moving toward the Internet. Right. Got a job in northern Michigan. Never went to church, northern Michigan. And there's a lot of those old Polish Catholics up yeah. there. I mean, that you got the uh, any type of Polish name is in northern sure. Michigan. And, <laughs> right. And Stanislaus and <laughs> the skis. Anything yeah. with a ski right. or, or, a, yeah. or a CH yeah. sound is, right. is, is up there. Never went to church up there. Um, really had a rough go of it up in northern Michigan. Came out here. Never went back to church until my wife was in the picture. We were dating, and um, even, I dare say, engaged in 2013 because we had gone to um, the marriage counseling class that's required in early 2013 and um, met Spencer Brookshire as part of that. Right. And you know how on fire Spencer is. Mm -hmm. And he was was really a a drawback to the church. Um, I think he and my wife... We're kind of teaming up on it a little bit sometimes, right um, but got involved with um, his men's group. Kirsten was getting me back into church, going back to church. And then we went went and met with Father Raul to see about the wedding. Right. Well, we were living in sin. Oh, yeah. So right. Father Raul shut us down from having the Eucharist for almost an entire year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if... That's almost the, that's the second time that's happened in my life because COVID is number two. Right. We didn't get to go have COVID to to mass mm-hmm. because of COVID. Oh. For a year, we didn't actually go. So, wait a minute. Can I thank you for sharing this because I'm just catching something. Right. You 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 referred to this earlier. You know, uh, in your in your grown up in your Catholic home in in your Catholic community. Right. Yeah. It was. You, you marched or rode the bus over the school to get your first Holy Communion, took time out, all those things, you go to the Catholic school, never once maybe had developed truly an appreciation for what your faith was or had taken the time. I'm assuming this year of being prohibited yeah. maybe changed an attitude, um, changed your perspective? It really, it really did draw us closer because if, if you're used to getting the body and the blood right. of Christ himself, right. And you have to go up there and put that big old X across your chest and oh. deny yourself of it. It's, it's, it's a different, it's a different feeling. And I think that really did help draw me closer. But um, you're right. I mean, growing up, uh, you know, I understood. I think, but you're a kid. You don't really pay attention to the readings or the gospels or no. understand what they say. You just you understand this is Jesus. And sure. you know, my mom was. Uh, wise enough to to keep telling me this is the actual body and blood of jesus because you know there's always those people in your parish who are mm-hmm. going to say that it's a metaphor sure. or it's symbolic or whatever and she mm-hmm. kept hammering at home because my dad actually my dad converted to catholicism to marry my mom oh wow um unfortunately they got divorced when i was in fifth grade um and it's really really interesting um my my parents dynamic um (laughs) so my mom is you know catholic democrat my dad actually you know it turns out he he's gay yeah oh um but he's total maga 
make, oh, he, he's, he's a, a total Trump, Republican. He's a Trumpian. Huh? Trump. Um, and wow. so it's almost these two juxtapositions, um, which as a teenager is really hard to swim through the different messages almost. Um, yeah, yeah. And so that. you kind of you kind of have to learn for yourself what it is that you don't just let stuff stick. You you kind of have to wade into it yourself, sure, and, and and find it yourself. And um, you know, my wife getting me back into church was a great big part of that. And actually, on our wedding night, getting the Eucharist again oh. um, was awesome because my mom was a was a. Um, Eucharistic minister right. for the wedding, right. um, just just a big, big change, and then once once our daughter was born, it was by that time I had been through um, the fourth day group with Spencer a ton, yeah. yeah. Um, and you start seeing the light differently when you get up early because I worked late, I, I I worked until eleven o'clock at night, and um. Yeah, that's right. Most times when my wife and I were dating, I would sleep in until 10 or 11. Sure. She'd be up on a Saturday. She'd, Come on, dude, wake up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, I want to go do stuff. And, I, you know, here I am. That's that's my morning time. But having to get up to go to 8 o'clock, fourth day sure. group. Right. Um, and you get that morning sun is, is just different. Um, you, f- you feel things differently because when you're working at night, I worked at night at Wendy's all through college and high school mm-hmm. to closing shift. So I wouldn't get home from that until sure. two or three o'clock. So it was, um, you know, it, part of that darkness, I think, when you go through those valleys is a- is the actual darkness. You're not getting actual sunlight. If God is mm-hmm. light and you're not getting light, right. you're more than likely to find yourself in a valley i think yeah i agree and um that's a great that is it's a, a great observation that and actually it. you know we've been going through kind of a rough time you know it's it kind of all snowballed with covid and um just some greedy people involved with our company um who have decided to not be light right and um, so it's it's kind of spills over into relationships when you're working with family and it, it, it becomes tough to balance what is family and what is work um, through those tough situations. But something hit me today and I'll share this with you is um because I was listening because you, you want to know what we're listening to. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not a big reader. We talked about sure. that. But I was listening oh, yeah. to the Ed Milet show. Ed Milet. Ed Milet. E-D-M-Y. L E T T, and um, he had a Christian pastor on. So he he's kind of it's, it's kind of I don't want to say self help, but inspirational type of talk. Um, sure. And he had a Christian pastor on who said that you know if God is light, it's it's going so fast we can't see it. Well, if Jesus is God, that's just light slowing down so that we mm-hmm. can see Him. And as I was cleaning up ink from stamping logos on bottles this afternoon, something <laughs> hit me. It's like, because you always hear the question, why does God allow suffering? Right. And, and I think it's a standard question. And it, it just hit me like, God doesn't will suffering. And I wrote this down specifically because I didn't want to mess it up. So God does not will suffering. Rather, suffering is a lack of participation in the divine will. Yeah. So no matter what's coming at you, participate in it 
you know, if, if we're going through, you know, some supply chain issues because, you know, the supply chain is backed up because of COVID, you know, participate in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be a part of it. Be a part of that light. Yeah. Participate in it. And you might not find, you know, so much suffering if you're. Sure. Now, it's hard. It might be hard for people to comprehend that if they're going through like a, a hurricane or natural disaster. Why does God allow this sure. stuff? Or but, even an illness. An illness, of course. But, you know, if you think about it, though, you know, that's what the fall is all about, right? The, the Adam and Eve fall is that uh, separation of the divine will. And that broke broke that. And mm-hmm. so suffering at that moment was introduced in the world. So, you know, suffering is, all suffering is essentially a consequence of that fall, mm-hmm. right? And then there's also the suffering which we experience for, you know, direct consequences of our choices. Mm-hmm. Um, but... The, the reality is it's all suffering you know is like you said a break away from the divine will because the divine will was that we'd be in perfect union and perfect communion mm-hmm. with god from creation well and speaking of being back in communion with the church so um one of the things that um you know you part of the fall away was i got confirmed and then i was like almost immediately gone right well, as a part of my confirmation, I was supposed to go see The Passion of the Christ in theaters because it was out at the time in theaters. Mm-hmm. And something had come up, and I don't know if like if I was with my dad or I had you know a baseball game. Something had come up where I didn't get to see The Passion in the theaters. So it was almost like I didn't complete the confirmation. Uh-huh. So fast forward, I believe it was 2013. And you have a son going through confirmation. Right. Kirsten and I are engaged, and we run into who else but Ken White yeah. at um, not Costco that wasn't built, the one just south on Woodruff. Winco. Winco, thank you. He was at Winco, and Kirsten just said, hey, if there's anything you need, let us know. We want to get involved. And it was, yes, we need, we need um, confirmation helpers. Um, for the retreat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. So, oh, okay. I well, did not know this story. We'll this do is it. fantastic. You know, just on a chance meeting at Winco, um, okay, we'll help out with the retreat. Well, that's where you and I meet. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> you already know. This, I, you you got to share it with his mom. You and just got to share I this think, story. I think you may have heard this. So, 2013, um, I believe confirmation is for sophomores here in Idaho Falls. Yeah, they're yeah. sophomores. They're sophomores here in Idaho Falls. Well, we get involved, and you know, Alberto's there, and Ken's there, oh, and we, Jason's there. We had and a I'm, fantastic crew, by the way. We did. Fantastic that was a great crew. group. And, um, you know, had a ton of fun. And I think I was like your assistant for that group and I putting think, in on the play. Yeah. They yes. had to put on a play. Right. And they in the play, they repeated everything. So I was the announcer and I was a narrator and I was narrating the play. And as part of the joke of the play was that I would narrate and then the actors in the play would just say the same thing. <laughs> so it was just a repetitive joke. It was good. And um, so anyway, as they're getting ready for this play, this kid who's a little bit, I don't want to say outlandish, but a little squirrely, a little eccentric. He's got blonde, curly hair, <laughs> comes up, and he asks a question of Jason. And Jason just like, yeah, you know, gave him an answer. It was short. It was quick. And then he just like, boom, he was out of there. <laughs> and I was like, I looked at Jason and I said, 
Jason, I'm not sure if I would trust that kid with a pair of scissors. He goes, no, neither would I. <laughs> Unbeknownst to me, that kid's name was Gunner. Gunner Batalden. And I didn't realize it for about 36 hours before it came to me that there was, there a, was connection a connection in there. <laughs> when it hit, it hit like a bag of bricks. And I was like, Oh, foot in mouth. Like, <laughs> I, I, I thought it was the most appropriate thing to say at that time about the poor kid. So that was pretty funny. Yeah, we Just, are very, uh, we are very, I don't even know what the right word is, but I've taught all my kids. So I am completely aware of who they really are, are. in yeah. public spaces. So, yeah. So, Jeff, I, a little bit here, and I, I don't want to... I mean, oh, I, I'm so, really enjoying this conversation. Oh, yeah. Um, that confirmation retreat yeah. was like getting confirmed all over for again. For you. For me. Oh. And that was that was one of the jumping off blocks right for this. You know, those conversion moments in our faith are pretty amazing, aren't they? Yeah. And 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 um, I'm giving you credit for having that experience with Father Raul, right? Yeah. Him drawing a, lawn, a boundary and saying, hey, this is... This is the way it's going to be. And that actually in and of itself, bringing you closer, uh, a deeper understanding of your faith and having a conversion experience says something about says something about you and also says something about your commitment to your marriage and, and, mm-hmm. and Kirsten. So that that's pretty incredible. You have a passion for sports. Yes. And I don't want to, I know we're cooking with gas, I mean, a long time here, and I don't want to go this way, but can you talk just a little bit, where did that passion start? Because I mean, you, uh, I mean, I, this is kid, not a criticism, but you are very passionate. You love it. You love it. I love it. I think it's the the just the physicality and the gruntness and you know, right. um, it's hard. It's challenging. It's physical. Um, but I think it started as a kid. I remember. Um, I actually remember being upset that NBC was cutting away from the Knicks game in June of 1994. While O.J. Simpson was in the middle of his getaway with the Bronco, and I was, and they kept interrupting the game for news coverage. <laughs> I was upset about that. Um, I remember, I remember, I was nine, almost ten years old when the Yankees won in '96. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that that was big. Um, the Bills. I barely remember the Super Bowl years. They went to four straight Super Bowls right. in the early '90s. Um, I remember those years. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I, I'm bar- I barely remember. What I remember is um, having to go into the school the next day to find out. Uh-huh. I think it was the second Dallas game that they lost and, yeah. and finding out because I'd either fallen asleep or wasn't allowed to, to watch the ending. But um, just sports center all through middle sure. school and, and high school. And that's where I think I found my desire to be a sports anchor. It was just glued to sports coverage 24-7. Um, loved, loved, loved playing high school basketball. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just a way for me to get out of my mom's hair. She encouraged it. <laughs> well, it's well, and you always found, good to be you found some You found something there that clicked. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been a minute since I've played basketball, and there is an appreciation for that sport. <laughs> I, it, so. I love playing basketball. Love it. And I love watching Jason play. It's been a while. It's been a long time, though. Yeah. I'm not sure I can play anymore. I think, I think uh, my 
idea of my strength and my power and my <laughs> speed is much greater than what I can actually well, do uh, anymore. <laughs> for, for me, because I, I, we had done summer ball, but as a part of summer ball, there's a referee camp during a basket. It's a kid's basketball tournament for high schoolers, but it, they also use it as a referee yep. camp. And seeing myself on video, I'm like, wow, I feel like I'm going a thousand times faster. And you see myself on video, it looks like I'm jogging, you know. Um, but as I, because we're a small family-owned bottled water company, yeah, we didn't do anything for about 15 months because of COVID. We didn't want to take the risk. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. You know, my father-in-law is going to be 72 coming up, you right. know, didn't just didn't want to take the risk. It drove me nuts, you know, home and work, home and work, home and work. And so this spring, I'm, you know, I'm praying while I'm at work. Hey, you know, I'm okay doing this, Lord. You know, get me on the basketball court. I'll, yeah. I'll compromise with you. Get me on the basketball court. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then I re- read something on a Facebook group called Sports Officials Surrendered, being surrendered to Christ. Oh. And it was, um, this week were you... Were you officiating trying to get a better assignment, trying to get better, or were you officiating trying to um, be, I forget how they phrased it, but be the game. Be in the moment. Being in the moment. But if you were just trying to get better yourself or um, just referee and get a better assignment, you missed an opportunity to be Imago Dei, which is the image of God. The image of God. So if you can... If you can be Imago Day on the court or on the field, you know, because especially football, football's violent sport. Um, there's a lot of attitude. There's a lot of, um, you know, physicality. Um, you, you need to put at the very least, you need to be the face of the rule book. If I if I'm if I'm a father, which I am, uh, and I'm the face, the visible face of the invisible God to my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing on the court. I am the visible face of the rule book right. at minimum. At minimum. Mm-hmm. At minimum. And then if you can take it a step farther and, and be the face of God for kids who you know are competing hard and have strong biases for trying to win, sure. yeah. you know, you want to say put, whatever. You want to put that into mm-hmm. the game. Right. You know, there mm-hmm. actually, Jeff, what I find is interesting is, you know, Christine and I we're having a similar conversation of obviously not about refereeing, right? About living in the moment, mm-hmm. about trying to be present um, and trying to manage, you know, demands on schedules and demands on time. And um, how do we cope with that? How do we deal with that? How do we uh, work with that? And so, I mean, I think that's, uh, I don't know, for me personally right now, it's just good to kind of hear that reminder, right? Is <clears throat> Um, if we're always pushing for the next thing, we're missing out on the thing that's right here in front of us. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I think that since COVID, I think it comes to the forefront to just appreciate. Like for you, it's, oh, you can't wait to get on the field and, and do this. And it will be that much sweeter because of the lack of doing it for so long. Yeah. That you actually sacrifice that. Um in a in a world that was filled with sacrifice in the last few years, 
yours was an honorable sacrifice for the health and well-being of your family members, your extended family. And trust and now, me, my, my wife got an earful plenty of times. Sure, right. <laughs> oh, you I'm know, sure. I'm sure. And, you know, yeah. rightfully so, we all probably gave each other earfuls about yeah. what I I want. I want it right now. Well, you, you can't have it and you have to do the right thing. And, yep. you know, that's just we all experience that conflict well, within us. And, you know, during during the early stages of COVID, probably, you know, Somewhere in April or March, I was reading a Facebook post, and I wish I could remember who said this, but I think it was, um, I don't know if Padre Pio would have lived during nuclear bomb times. Maybe it was C.S. Lewis had said something. I, I forget the author, but um, somebody had asked the this person, what are we to do in the threat of a nuclear war? You know, and they basically said... We're to go about living our lives, reading to our kids, um, going about our daily business, and not worrying about it. Yeah. And that was that was my my take on COVID: is let's go about our daily lives. We can take our precautions, True. but let's not worry about it. We're going to read to our kids, and we're going to plant our gardens, and yeah. um, do all of that stuff, and you know, not worry about the. The pending nuclear holocaust that seemed that was yes that was coming which was scary and now i think for us at least jason and i had a new appreciation of spending time together um, <laughs> yeah. and and absolutely loved it like i would never i would I never could, trade that for anything sure. that i was so grateful that i had time with my spouse like i that. just interrupted you by the way i'm supposed know, to you so got a drink much. oh look you already drank it well i got a little Little tequila. Water it's called second drink if you're a, if you're an office fan. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. No, I, you know, I think they're uh, kind of at that that point, Jeff. I, I I'm with you 100. percent Going back to, we have to do what we're supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. And you're right, Christine. We enjoyed a lot of time together. Mm -hmm. It was nice, but I was also thinking, you know, we didn't work together, Jeff. I that was probably <laughs> tough. We also had a five-year-old with us. Yeah, that's four, true. She was four turning five, and it's it's tough to explain. Oh, she was going to work with you? She was going yeah, to work yeah, with yeah. us. She did the first eight months of kindergarten online. Oh, that's um, right. Ouch. Yeah. So we, we were finally able to get her in to kindergarten at Holy Rosary in mid to late April. Enough for like six, seven weeks of school, but it was such a blessing for her to get to go to school. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, it's one of those things you have to do. You have to, um, you know, protect the family and the business. And a lot of me was, whatever your thoughts are, this this was my one of my overriding thoughts during this thing is for us as Christians. And people may feel differently. That's fine. Um, we weren't going to Mass. Mass had gotten shut down. Shut down. Mm -hmm. And my thought was, my logical thought was, we are sacrificing our eternal soul not going to mass in order to protect our worldly physical body and it didn't make sense to me and it was that was one of the things that was driving me nuts is because i couldn't rectify or justify anything beyond that thought of we are temporal here right um we we, we need to make sure we're still doing the eternal right and right. we're pilgrims on the journey, and there are certain yeah. things that we need to do to maintain, uh, to achieve our destination. Yes. 
and that was that was very hard for me because I like I very much can juggle things a lot. I can juggle a lot of things: refereeing, work, daughter. When I was in high school, it was sports, work, schoolwork. Um, I can juggle, but one one thing is one thing is much heavier. Thanks, honey. <laughs> there goes my mic. There goes Thanks the dog, dog again. Well, yes, you are in charge. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, if one thing is so out of balance or overweighted, um, then it throws me off, and I have a because I can juggle pretty well, I think. But when one thing is is so overbearing, it can be hard for me to adjust because yeah. that's my that's my personality type. Yeah. yeah, and that was hard. Yeah, it was hard. That was hard. It was hard to get used to it. It was hard to comprehend it. I think for for me, maybe my personality is uh, I have is different, and I just am always motivated by what the right thing to do is, mm-hmm. and so. Um, I like to say I'm a rule follower, but a lot of times I really like protesting and resisting, you yeah. know. And but I, I just, as far as my work in school, I was all about following the rules, and mm-hmm. I just struggled with people's inability to follow the rules that yeah. were asked of them, and that frustrated me beyond all get out. Mm-hmm. As I thought about my mom, who much like your your in-laws, my mom, who refused to leave her house and was so depressed and couldn't get her medication that she'd mm-hmm. call me crying. Or my father, who was also depressed, but making sure, because he had COPD and was on, event, you know, on yeah. oxygen, wasn't leaving the house either. And I'm like, you know, if they can do it, you know, I can wear my mask, yeah. you know, and yep. do these, these right things. But then, you know, I bump up on high and, school kids all the time that just refuse. Yeah. And, 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 and doing the right thing all the time is one of the hardest yep. things to do. Yeah. It is one of the hardest things to do. And let's be honest, this whole experience with COVID too, it was hard to always know what exact white yeah, thing to what, do was. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, it was a moving well, target. A bit but I don't, sometimes. you know, I don't want to leave the podcast today on that thought. What I want to leave the, the the podcast today on, first of all, Jeff is, I got to know you a lot better today. So that was, uh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me into your, your home. Yes. Well, and you you shared a, the, your story about what you did to prepare for your marriage. Um, that's a that's an incredible testimony, and I want to tell you thank you for that. Yes. Well, you're welcome. Um, so do I, because not everybody wants to share those things. I, I don't know why they feel mm-hmm. like it's a secret or a secret shame or something, and they don't want to say it. You know, it well, is. And, what and it that's is. that's the darkness they want. That they they call them dark secrets. If you if you let them out, they to the light. You know, it's much easier to. Sure. To, to deal with, yeah. you know, and then you're just saying, "Hey, so we made it right. We did what Father Raul asked us to do, and and we sacrificed." And um, you know, that was sharing those with you know fellow Catholics is a lot easier than going on regional <laughs> TV in Idaho Falls, wearing your ashes on your forehead <laughs> on Ash Wednesday because. Yeah. We live in a very heavily. How much pushback did you get from that? The fir- the first time I did it was. Um, I think it was 2014, maybe 13. We had just been engaged, so it might have been 13. I'd been at the station for two years by then, almost. And they were like, well, you haven't done this before. Why are you doing it now? 
you know the stations had this. Too. The station. My my news director at the time called me, and in his very gentle, uh, um, well, uh, um, I don't know how to handle this. Well, this is part of my religion. Sorry, Curtis. I'm gonna wear them. You know, tough luck. If you want me to take them off, put it in writing. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. And I didn't actually say that, but I, I, you know, I did it for a good four or five years yeah, on sure. air. So, um, and that was hard. I would get nervous before the show about doing it, about going on. I, I would have the nerves and, sure. and the pit of my stomach you about. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Well, no, you no, you get nervous about that, and I'm glad you did it. So, did you get any phone other than your news director? Did you get any phone calls and emails? No, like no, actually. Um, I got a few emails, but they were positive emails. Right thank, thank you for sharing with right us. On, cool. Um, the, the the negative emails I got in sports broadcasting were always the parents. Yeah, about um, their kid didn't get on TV. Yeah, long enough. It, it, that's exactly what it was. Their their kid didn't get recognized or get on TV. Yeah. Um, you know, I probably was one of those parents. Embarrassingly, <laughs> I never you know called the news station, but one time I think I emailed um, the sports writer at the Post Register. I was so upset because our oldest was um, an O lineman, and they just never talked about the O lineman. Oh, n- never. And I'm like, you know, it takes thirteen. Is it thirteen? Eleven. Eleven. Yep. So see, I don't even know that much. <laughs> it takes eleven people on a team. So you were Why one of those talk? moms. I was a little bit on that email, and then he put me in my place, and Jason reminded me, no one cares about the O lineman. I'm like, I care deeply about my son and his amazing skill. O linemen go to college, they get the degrees, and they get good paying jobs, and. If they're halfway decent, they have a fairly lengthy career. So, yeah, but they don't get it. They don't get on the front page. So that but must they have been before you were. Mothers, I apologize. That must have been before you were a contributor for the paper, because I still have to say thank you for writing that nice piece. Yes. on me. That well, that kid, he was so. You inspired him so much. His name Garrett Whitehead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he told me he basically lived in Rigby but went to Skyline mm-hmm. um, and wanted to do some TV stuff and do some stuff on. And at the time, I had the flu. When we went to edit his senior project, the video, I had the flu. And it was a Saturday, and I was absolutely <laughs> miserable. And then on top of that, the station was going through some updates or something with the editing equipment. And it wasn't working the way it should have been working. And I just looked at Garrett after about three or four hours of trying and trying and trying. I'm like, it's not going to happen, Garrett. Yeah. Oh. I'm sorry. And I like, like, I took him to Burger King. I bought him lunch. Like, and <laughs> you know, he he understood. Yeah. Cr- credit yeah. to him. He he was he was very understanding that. Um, well, he still did an amazing uh, senior project, and he wrote me along what had happened. You know. Am I still going to graduate? Yes, you're still going to graduate. You know, the, it's the process, not necessarily the product. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, with that being said, Jeff, thank you for being here. we got to be at an hour 15. We're right? close. And we're pushing it now. But um, but we, I do appreciate your time tonight. And thank you very much. And Yes, thank you. And to, great to have no, you. Thank you for having listeners, me. Please be sure to reach out to us. Let us know. Yeah, let us know how many other bad things that we do on here. <laughs> now, or the good things, Or too. good things, yes. So, again, Jeff, thank you.